Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third-tier markets to large 100-plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Welcome, everybody, to Self-Storage Income. I am super excited about today's guest. This is going to be a great podcast for everybody looking to get into storage, what storage is all about. Um, Exciting news. uh, Masha just actually bought her first facility, so this is going to be a really, really good one. And everything that she's learned, I'm so excited. So because she's our guest today, we're not going to delay any further, and we're just going to welcome her in. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting. I'm really excited to be here and sharing my story. Yeah. No, it's an an awesome story. And this is exactly, I mean, we look back at all the the podcast episodes and our most downloaded episodes are how do people get started? Like, how do you find those facilities? How do you fund them? You know, what do you look for? How do you identify markets? All these things uh, as far as how to get into self-storage. So having you on is going to be huge. Having your first facility and having that so fresh in your mind is like how this whole thing happened. It's going to be really, really cool to dive into. And I've been watching you as you've been trying to get one because I've been watching you on social media and you've been working so hard at it. And so many people got frustrated, but you just kept going and and it happened so give us a little tell us about yourself give us your background and then we can dive into all 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 those details great great and i just want to add that it's so true when i was listening to your shows always i i wanted to see how people started because this is you are so successful you're in different position where newer investors are they more relate to me that's why it's so much will be great to share for me the story to those who are starting and I'm so grateful that I can already bring value to others. And uh, my story is, uh, <clears throat> it's definitely interesting. I came from Russia uh, 10 years ago after high school. It was my dream because uh, in America, we can do so many more things. I always knew. So I went to college and long story short, I ended up doing real estate uh, as a real estate agent. And uh, uh, my broker did some flipping projects. So I participated with him. A little bit then we did some short-term rentals and it was all great until uh, he just disappeared <laughs> so disappeared and it was not the best experience so I was like okay I will never do real estate investing ever again but then a couple of years passed I actually uh, discovered that there's no better way to build your wealth uh, no matter what we do real estate investing is the best and commercial real estate investing so, but I didn't have enough courage and uh, I wasn't brave enough to, because it seemed like it's something for just big boys, right? Those who have so much money and they're know everybody in the world, you know, all the connections, they can do that. And however, one day I heard self-storage. I was like, self-storage investing from Paul Moore. He was live on YouTube. It's like, wait a minute, that sounds interesting. And while pursuing still doing 
planning to do wholesaling and buy and hold and all those residential, I wanted to like, oh, let's do a little bit of self-storage. And But doing so many things at the same time, I knew I'm not going to get the result. So I decided, okay, do I like self-storage? I'll start exploring deeper and deeper. And one day after one week of deep exploration, I was like, that's it. I'm 100% focused on self-storage and nothing's going to stop me. And this was a year ago and about a year and one month ago, I switched just 100% focus on this, no matter what. And here I go. And one year after I got the deal done. I love it. So cool. So cool. Especially because I I love it that you, you know, no background or anything, you, you were determined to do it, but two, it wasn't just quick, right? It's not like it just happened. It took you, you know, over a year to get it done. So how did you stay really focused on that? Because I'm sure you were looking at lots of deals, things weren't making sense. And now you're in a position where the market's really hot, but you still got it. So walk me through like what, what you were doing during this year, how you were trying to find deals and how you really stayed focused and stayed on it when it seemed, you know, it's hard going a year, having no results can be really, really hard. Oh yes. And this is what exactly my coach, I joined a a residential coaching, uh, residential investing coaching group. And uh, the coach told me that, uh, you, you should not switch to residential. First of all, it's probably not going to be possible. You first need to get a lot of experience in residential. Then you maybe can switch to commercial and it will take you so long to get the deal done. Like it will take you many months. And, um, but I knew how much value it had. So no matter what I pursued it and uh, knowing that it's going to take, it will take longer time already in my mind, I was okay with it. So it's okay. It will take you a year. Actually, I talked to Ryan Gibson and he told me it will take a year to close a deal. And I was like, no, no, no. I don't want to take it a whole year to get it done. <laughs> and it ended up exactly a year. So that's okay. And even though I was start actually learning and pursuing wholesaling, I thought with soul storage, I also start pursuing exactly the owners, sending letters, uh, calling people, text messaging, whatever, all this uh, uh, off-market deals, right? Finding and reaching out to sellers directly. I decided to take different approach and start building relationships in the industry because it was not only for one benefit finding deals, but also actually learning others people's journeys. How did they get where they are today? Somebody more experienced, less experienced. I start connecting with everybody who, I mean, not everybody, but whoever possible who get me interested from someone who I can learn. I start connecting with them on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, and uh, attending thousands of webinars or listening to so many podcasts, YouTube, and re- reaching out to people. So I would listen to some podcasts and I hear some guests and I can reach out or on webinar. And uh, this is how I start all the relationship building and more people and more people and connecting. And at some point, exactly with this deal, one investor, um, he, is, he found some deals for himself, but he also found some deals and he was type of wholesaling it. And uh, what happened with this particular deal I was getting back to him and asking, oh, send me more information on this deal. And he didn't respond to me. And I keep calling him, hey, I want information. I like this deal. And he wasn't responding. And after um, some time, he's like, oh, I canceled the contract. And I'm like, oh, uh, so what I'm going to do next? I'm like, okay, that's it, lost deal. But my mastermind, this is where having groups of people, my mastermind told me, Masha, what are you doing? Go forward, go uh, go forward and talk to that seller. 
talk to the seller. It's okay. It's not something unethical because I thought it was unethical or maybe illegal even just, but he canceled the contract and in North Carolina, that's it. He's done. So I pursued, I pursued it and here we are. I got it. That's so that's cool. So cool. And I love, I love the fact that you're emphasizing this, uh, where so many people, they, whether it's self storage or any other industry in real estate investing that they want to get into, they're trying to come up with these super creative ways to go in and get into or break into the industry. When in reality, it, all it takes is that authentic approach, like what you're talking about, and really getting to know and understand the people that are in the industry, making those connections, and and actually having that authentic desire to really learn the asset, you know, like actually getting in and learning more about self-storage and what it's about and everything else. It's like, you know, how are you going to invest in something if you're not knowledgeable in it? Yes. You know, Absolutely. so I think that's awesome. And I just wanted to emphasize that for all the listeners out there that that's that are looking to get started. We talk about building relationships all the time and you're a perfect example of how that works. Like it works. <laughs> you well, just got to do it. it. Yeah. And two, you know, it's the, I think a lot of people think there's just some magical way or there's some secret formula to finding deals and everything. And like you said, you're just listening to podcasts, going on forums. You're just calling people up saying, hey, what do you know? And two, you don't listen to somebody and call them up and expect them to solve all your problems. You're just trying to connect to everybody and anybody, learn from them, explain. And that's what it takes. It's not a one and done. And it's so important to remember and realize that whether you're finding deals, whether you're putting deals under contract, whether you're networking, all of those things take time. They have to be cultivated and you have to do a lot of it. And, and that's okay. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. So, yes, about nourishing your relationships a bit by bit. And what one gentleman told me, investor, when I call, I don't ask him, oh, how to find a storage. I actually would always ask specific questions. So I would always write down different questions. And then when I call, I ask those more specific questions so I can deeper and deeper and deeper into questions. So they really appreciate that I'm not just asking the how, the overall how, but actually exploring and getting deeper in the different topics, different ways of how to get things done. Mm -hmm. No, that's awesome. That's great. Going back a little bit, how did you end up even finding that deal in the first place? So exactly. This was just brought by other investor wholesaler. Uh, he's the one who's going and actually approaching those uh, um, sellers, uh, those not sellers, actually just owners of self storages. Mm. Um, whatever his strategy is. And he finds extra deals that he can take on himself and he doesn't. So he just gives a, gives them out to other people, like wholesales. Yes, so this is gotcha. how I found it. And um, this is a it was a perfect way because I didn't want to waste time at that time. Maybe I, I start doing it on uh, approaching uh, owners myself, but I really wanted to focus on building relationships, learning, becoming an expert as much as possible in underwriting, analyzing markets, understanding how to form partnerships, funding partners. So all of that, plus having a job, I mean, I really didn't really have time to start finding those owners, contacting them, building relationships with them, where I can find someone else who can do that for me. Mm -hmm. It just yes. really made sense time-wise. And then you can, because of your knowledge and because of what you're learning, you can look at those deals and say, okay, now deals are coming to you and you're trying to 
value those deals and see if they're deals that you want or not. So what was it about this deal when you found it? What did you like about it? And well, actually, before we get there, let's actually talk about deals that you had before or you didn't like or you walked away from. Yeah, so right before that, there was a deal that I was really about to put an offer uh, and that other wholesaler, investor wholesaler, was uh, pushing me to actually put an uh, offer and I didn't. And it was very similar to this one. However, it, uh, it, it had some advantages. It didn't have a website, let's say. It was uh, not completely mismanaged, but it was very badly, like old, old school managed, let's say like that. Yes. And it was about uh, 13 or 14,000 square feet, like on my facility right now, but it didn't have room for expansion. And there was no like adjacent land uh, to maybe purchase it and grow. Um, so I did, wasn't really excited about it as much, even though it has some room for the value add. I knew it didn't have as much value add as much as I wanted. So I let it go. Mm, yeah. Gotcha. No, that's smart. That's smart. Always sticking to those, um, that criteria that you set for yourself and those expectations that you set and what your plan is. And uh, it's important to be flexible, but at the same time, being able to pull back and say, no, like I'm going to hold out. I'm going to get something a little bit better that fits my criteria that I'm actually looking for. So yeah, a lot of no, people don't, awesome. you know, don't realize. And there, there is this idea that by far my best deals are the deals that I've said no to. And he, you need to be more confident about saying no than you are. Yes. People that are too confident in saying yes, concern me, right? You need mm -hmm. to be very confident in saying, no, I absolutely know. I don't want that. There's too much risk there. I don't like it. It's not good enough. You need to have very good confidence. Nope, move on. Don't even think about it, right? When it comes to yes, you should have a lot less confidence. You should be like, I need to really understand this. I really need to know it. And you should be healthily, like you need to be able to see it in ways in which it may not work or may not be as good for you. And I feel like people get... Um, don't understand that to the point where the amount of deals I say no to just pales in comparison anything we actually pull the trigger on. The mm -hmm. amount of deals you have to look at, you have to go through to find those deals that are good and those ones that are right for you is massive. And that comes back down to that time, right? It takes time to go through all these deals. And you get those deals that you put under contract or you don't or you're almost there and then they go away and you're like, oh man, it was so close. But it's not a bad thing to say no. It's a really, really good thing. For sure. For sure. And go back to AJ's question. So diving into your facility, what are some of the specifics? And again, like what drew you to this facility the most? That the market rates were below, uh, the, the rates of the facility were below the market on average 20%. Nice. The market is, was pretty much full. The facility was pretty much full and there is, was room for expansion. Mm, nice. That is nice. So I know those are like huge value adds. This facility was purchased already um, about two years ago by uh, this the previous the car, the, the seller that I bought, bought it from. And uh, he bought it already. It didn't have fence. It didn't have website. It didn't have anything. So he already put a lot of value add into it. So they, it already has a, a easy storage solution software. So I didn't have opportunity to do that value add, but those are not the biggest value adds. The biggest mm -hmm. value that you still keep the rates low and there's still room for expansion. And again, the market right now 
I'm 100% full. The market, I just gave a, uh, made calls two weeks ago to find out what's going on. And only extra space, one facility had two units of the triple the price of the, of the cost. Hmm. So now we will be doing, of course, rent raises. And we're yeah. super excited for that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. awesome. No, and speaking of that, I mean, obviously, that's a huge area of value add. How are you going to roll those rental increases out? How are you going to manage that? Are you going to do it all at once? Or are you going to space it out? What's your plan? So I like to do things more strategically, definitely. Mm-hmm. So we will be doing very smart, uh, I mean, dynamic uh, with a um, partial increase first. Uh, my When I did underwriting, we did a very conservative increase in first year uh, just for underwriting purposes but honestly it doesn't really make sense because there's really no room for people to go rent anywhere units and our rates are below the market rates so we decided to do partial increase of more aggressive so we will do aggressive increase of maybe about a bit more than one third and see how people react and if we see a lot of people will leave and we won't have a bunch of move in, then we will kind of calm down. But if we will not have too many move outs and we will have uh, right away people will move in, the one that's move out, we will do aggressively. Uh, so it's interesting how you can play with it. With it. Yes. Like it's, uh, it's, I found it very creative and I love, I love yeah. about it really, how you can play and analyze things and see how it can work the best for you. Yeah. I think you'll if based upon your market research and what we're hearing, you're probably going to be able to do aggressive and be just fine. Which and that's what you want to look for, right? And that's the and I talk about this all the time. And Masha, you hit it right on the head. You're looking at that market. I'm looking at simple things: the value add, expansion. I want that increase, right? And you got a good full market, so you know that you can actually get those value add things in there. Um, other markets that you've looked at. Uh, how do you go about? So a lot of times, because as you, you're going around and you're calling those facilities, you're trying to understand it. When you're looking at the value proposition of your facility, right, compared to like others, so how it looks, what it does, how are you going to be doing those marketing? How are you going to be running the, or like, what are you doing now running the day-to-day facilities? But as you're looking at the market, how are you going to be running it in comparison to your competitors? Yes, definitely. So our competitors, half of them have an online presence. Um, actually, all of them have uh, Google already. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google, Google my pay, uh, Google my business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we will definitely what we will offer is uh, a much better Google presence. They are all a little bit lame in a way; they're not working. So we will maximize the Google page. That's for sure. Uh, we will also make sure we will be offering. Uh, and new units. So we actually will offer, we will satisfy the market and we will build new units. So I think this is really what market demands because there's no room. If I really wanted to get uh, a unit now, it's pretty much impossible. So what's the best thing I can do to the market is to provide them with more units. So now we're thinking if we should be uh, doing by phase, like do 6,000 square feet and then another 6,000 square feet, or should we just do like right away at 12,000 square feet in um, expansion? So this is definitely what we will be offering compare uh, the others. We have two uh, competitors that are more upscale. However, all others are, we can, we definitely can be no better than them. 
And what's the population around this? Like, is it a, uh, is it a big city? Is it a small city? So this is uh, in uh, uh, North Carolina, okay. uh, and uh, it's an hour away west from Charlotte, uh, okay. and an hour east from Asheville, which is uh, near Hickory, and uh, it's in um, town Morganton, which has a uh, sixteen thousand um, uh, population, and uh, the five mile radius is uh, uh, thirty six thousand. Okay. So I was I took a five actually five and a half because this is where really all the people and all the storages are. And I took, I really consider them all in a way my competition. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the other one is because there's no really more around it. Yes. So those about, uh, we have uh, seven competitors. Okay. Yes. And y- I, now you don't live there though, do you? You live somewhere else, right? No. I actually live uh, Miami and uh, Haiti. Uh, I work in Haiti and uh, I live in Miami. Now, now, wow. walk me through that. Tell yeah. me about that. How's that work? And how, um, were you nervous <laughs> and about that? And I'm from Russia also. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this super dynamic situation. Yes. Yeah, so my domestic partner, he has a family business in Haiti. So we work there. And then when we're in Miami, we travel back and forth. Uh, when we are here in Miami, we work remotely. So the idea for me to, uh, his, uh, their business is much more complex operations so for me to manage remotely self-storage was no-brainer completely. Yeah. It's really easy. I mean, in a way, I have a, we have boots on the ground there, uh, and we have also a handy person. So there are two kind of, in a way, working together. So we, it's not just one person. We're not relying just on one person, which usually people do. We just have to go with two people. Uh, but just one is more handy person. Another one is uh, has more experience with self, a source of self-storage, and he just passing by and... Um, watches facility just counts locks and stuff like this so me being here i mean anywhere in the world i feel very comfortable because i have software and we have cameras and we have two people that come and visit i mean this is more than enough there's not so much going on there yeah no that's great yeah that's awesome and i like that so much because you know i worry that people their comfort zone infects their decision making so they, they perceive risk wrong right so like because it's far away, for some reason, that means it's more risky. So I'm going to buy an asset that maybe isn't as good to buy or in a bad market closer to me when that's inverse. That doesn't mean the asset is less or more risky, right? It's just your perception of the situation. So you actually went to where the good deal was as opposed to making exceptions and trying to get a worse deal or something close to you. That is so important. And uh, you know, it's awesome that you just had, you were comfortable with that and you were comfortable rolling with that. Now, what kind of reports are you, so you said you have two people, okay. Um, yeah. when you have a, a maintenance person and then this quasi manager person, I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. He's a like boots on the ground facility caretaker. Got He's it. actually a retired person. What we did, I, I heard that many people have been having so much struggles finding the right person to work with. Mm-hmm. I uh, made a post on Craigslist. Nothing really. Facebook, it was horrible experience. Indeed. I took several towns that around it. So 30 minutes around, I got over 150 applications. Yeah. And I went through them. I sent special questions and it was a whole process. My partners went to interview two partners. One went one time, a second round. So we chose the best of the best. And we got those two people. One was has actually self-storage experience and he's a retired person and he worked in bigger facilities. So he was like, I just want something like part-time a little bit and just perfect. Yeah. And he lives like seven minutes away. So that was perfect. 
out of 150 people. So I took time to get it done. And then uh, the second person is a handy. He's actually doing long care. Uh, and he's very, like, he can fix anything. So it's, we actually, uh, the first gentleman, he had a surgery, right? We were, like, it was planned surgery. So he couldn't do his job in the first two weeks. So we had a handy person, a handyman person do his job. So we know if something happens with one of them, we have substitution, which is so important to make sure you're not just relying on one person and you, oh my God, you go crazy. So we are happy we have, uh, we are reliable. We have two reliable people for that. Now, tell me how your rental process works on that, because a lot of people are like, okay, you have this person that's working. Do people come in online? Is it drive-by? Do they call his cell phone? Like, how does that oh, work? No. I mean, uh, in this matter, it was definitely much easier. Uh, even though I, I've learned there's ESS, Easy Storage Solutions, which I know is a great software for the uh, smaller operators. Mm-hmm. It just has everything in it. It has a call center. Um, it has, uh, obviously, all the gate. There's a a, uh, a gate code that people just look in. So it's uh, uh, those unpaying tenants that just get locked out yeah. uh, if they don't pay. Uh, and we have, if they don't pay for a longer time, we will have, we are having the facility caretaker go and put the second lock uh, on their unit. And uh, the facility caretaker, they have nothing to do with customers. We don't, um, they they may say hi and, at the facility, but they nothing to do is a call center. And then something more, I would say complicated right now, um, I'm handling a little bit, such as trying to switch some people from paying checks and sending to previous owner. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm handling that. Yeah. I'm trying to be nice talking on the phone. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, we will see. We, we may have to get rid of a few of them because they just don't want to cooperate. So yeah, what we sure. can do. So it's all about systems. And this is where I truly like so much admire you, uh, AJ, that when you talk about how putting systems in place, because my motto is create systems, then you can automate, delegate, and empower. So empower, I already started because I have partners, obviously. So partners, is um, they help me to do high, those high-level decisions. They help me with that. And then delegation, we have um, right now, obviously, our two people that work there. And I'm in process of hiring a virtual assistant. And uh, I'm so excited to get help there. And uh, automation is all technology, obviously. But you yeah. can't do none of them if you don't have systems in place. So obviously right now getting everything, um, learning so much more and actually putting down it in a pa- on the paper, I mean, actually on, on a computer. And uh, then to be able to just clone myself and make others be able to help me to grow and scale. I love that. That's no, that's absolutely perfect. It, you know, you streamline it, you have your checks and balances, you know when people are coming in. Um, and that's really the key, especially when you don't live there. And it's amazingly, you know, that can actually be a huge benefit because you're forced to do it. Mm -hmm. So you do it right. You're spending that time up front to make sure those processes (laughs) and systems are happy. Instead of saying, oh, I'll just run down to the facility and I'll take care of it myself, right? No, you can't. (laughs) So you're going to set it up right and you're going to run it like a business and you're going to make sure things are streamlined. You're going to make sure that you get all those automatic payments done. You're going to just really move it, which will benefit you massively in the future, will allow you to get those next deals done and you'll have a process and you'll be able to scale. That's just fabulous. I love it. Well, that's, and I want just to add that uh, when I spoke at a conference at the Storage Investor Nation conference, my number one thing that many people is just they're really stuck and looking like near where they are. 
So they're closing themselves from so many other opportunities completely. They can you partner, we can partner with someone who lives there. Uh, we actually had the opportunity potential to partner with someone who was living not too far away, which just didn't really work out. But it's there, you have so many different options. Open your mind and see the different opportunities. Don't be stuck with just fixed mindset. Have an obviously growth mindset, open mindset. Exactly. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of a lot of people. I think get stuck in this idea that they have to take this one path to get to this one goal. Whereas you know, there's a lot of different paths you can take to get to that one goal. Ultimately, exactly. For sure. Exactly. No, that's that's really cool. Now, when you're talking to somebody, I think I want to hit two things: your experience, hearing what these new investors that are coming in. They're out there right now because I get this. I, I just I get this all the time, man. I've been looking for five months and there's just nothing out there. And my first thing that I want to say is, man, five months is nothing. But what? How do you work through that? And what would you tell people that are in the middle of? They're trying to get that first facility. They just don't see anything, and they feel like there's nothing out there, and it's discouraging because they're like, I'm never going to find anything. You know, how do they? How do get? How do you keep going? And how do you keep going strong the whole time? No, that's, uh, I mean, I get to meet, it's people, it's other people. It's, uh, when I was going and I, I, I'm a, I'm a part of storage rebellion with Michael Wagner. So there's a lot of newer also investors and they're going through different struggles. And then you hear, we always share wins. So one of them, Oh, I just got a deal. I got it under contract and you close. And you, I was always getting so inspired. So if he did it, why I am so different. And then there's another person. And then after some time, another person. And I always knew, um, why not me? Why not me? As long as I'm going to keep going. Like, it's important. I, my holidays, I spend doing everything regarding self-storage. Yes, you have to really sacrifice. This is it. Yeah. Yes, you have to sacrifice uh, part of your life, <laughs> uh, your time, your money. I've been spending money on education. I mean, it can be free, but I'm also I'm part of mastermind. I'm a part of coaching. It's nothing crazy. It's very all affordable, by the way. Yeah. But getting all these different resources where I know maybe someone just reads a book and they think it's, it's it, or they just listen to one podcast, or they're just a part of one coaching. And no, it doesn't work really that way. You have to really right now, uh, so consume. I mean, the way consume more and see what will work for you. Yeah. And again, building relationships. Like one of my partners that they're, I mean, one of my partners is from uh, Storage Rebellion Coaching and another another partner, uh, it's a couple, they're from uh, my mastermind. Um, and it's just a general mastermind of investing, the W2 capitalist. And it's, uh, uh, they have nothing to do with self-storage, but they have great experience in the residential, uh, uh, like massive. So when I found this deal, they wanted to partner with me. So this is how they actually were be able to partner with me uh, because they know me, yeah. so they didn't have to go and find. So first of all, you can become friends with someone who may find a deal. Yeah. So you can bring something to the table. There's so many. It's so many different ways it can get done. And my personal suggestion: you never know. Someone who is actually searching for a lot of deals, they may not need all those deals, so they may give out some of those. Yeah. Like, the, so this is I would say perfect strategy how to get it done. Or two, it does, just doesn't even fit their criteria. So it's like, well, exactly. we have still, but I can't buy it because that's not what we're what, what we need. And so, yeah, yeah, no, it's, they, have, they already have one of them maybe on the contract right now. They just 
not it's not possible for them to do uh two at the same time some people can do but not everybody can be doing that mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i over 50 percent of our deals that we see just don't even meet our criteria so we just move on right it's not yeah. that that's bad it's not that anybody else should not get it in fact they're probably amazing deals mm-hmm. but they don't fit what i'm trying to buy so it's like, you know, and right. there's a lot of people like that. And there are a lot of people out there that I think that's in this idea of making connections, this idea of networking and everything. I totally agree. That's what fuels you. That's what keeps you going. Um, exactly. So I want to give an example of how it can be done. So for example, I can ask you, AJ, if you have some deal that doesn't fit your criteria, send it my way. Well done. You see that there all right there? Well done. I like that. Done and done. <laughs> done. And if we do, I will. <laughs> so Absolutely. Yeah. And again, this is it. This is exactly it. People just working together in the industry and everybody has different criteria. Everybody's at a different point in their investment journeys. So a lot of things make sense for other people that don't make sense for us or vice versa or whatever. Yes. So, and we've partnered with people a lot. So um, that's huge. And that, that kind of ties into, I wanted to kind of dive into how you, how you financed or funded this deal. Uh, that's an, <laughs> that's a crazy story for sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm excited. It sounds juicy. Oh yeah. Oh, it, it is juicy. Very juicy. So first of all, it took us four and a half months for us to close on a deal. We got it under contract. I got it under contract in uh, exactly Thanksgiving. So since Thanksgiving, and we just closed one month and one day ago. So it's wow. four and a half months. Yeah. 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 And the financing part, wow, it was heavy. Um, so at the end, I even had a help from a broker, uh, a mortgage broker who was helping me, where I was also, I mean, I was still the most active one reaching out to banks, all different types of possible banks. Mm-hmm. So we've contacted over 130 plus banks, okay? And uh, we have a good team. I actually have one um, partner who is experienced self-storage investor, but he's um, not the, he wasn't guaranteeing the loan. He's uh, less than 20%. So the banks didn't like us. No matter mm. how hard, whatever we did, the banks didn't like us. And my other partners, they're very strong. They have great credit history of doing a bunch of deals, residential and one even commercial. But no, we got rejected and we got keep rejecting and rejected. So I thought I'm, I'm going to die, obviously, uh, after all this. Mm-hmm. I didn't die, obviously. <laughs> so I started... <laughs> I, uh, started to look at, okay, there's some other ways. So, oh, there's a creative financing. Oh, there's a hard money. Oh, there's private money. Or there's actually a capital stacking thing. So, oh, wow, I'm not going to die. There's other options to get this deal done. And this is where I would say uh, for everybody who is starting, don't just think you're going to get a loan. Don't just think, I mean, sorry, I mean, the bank loan. Don't, yes, focus on that, but also prepare other ways of possibly financing your deal. Uh, if you're starting out and you actually don't live, because all the banks were telling us, you don't have experience and you don't live in Morgan in North Carolina. And none of the partners lives in over there, even like at least like in North Carolina, none of us. So uh, we end up getting private money. So we closed it with private money. We got a great deal. It's my That's partners. Awesome. That, uh, yes, it's all got worked out. So what lesson really learned from it? Again, I should have gotten, um, we, in a way, 
for future is to get a sponsor, obviously, is to prepare someone who would be willing to guarantee the loan who has a self-storage experience. So this is, should be, uh, again, described um, in a partnership agreement that the person will guarantee the loan. So this is what could have us really save, save us. Um, yeah, it was a, it took us time. So well, it, it too, not only did it take time, but once again, so many of us just think that there's, this is the way you do it. And if it's not <laughs> exactly. done this way, I can't yes. do it. And that's just not how it works. It's not like investors, entrepreneurs, you're problem solvers. And there's so many ways to skin a cat. Like there's just, you can yes. get it done so many ways. I love that about all of this that you're doing. You're like, listen, this is going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to figure out a way to get it done. And those are the people that are successful. They're like, we're going to figure this out. We just got to make this happen. And they don't just say, oh, it can't be done or I can't do it. They figure it out. I love that. Exactly. Exactly. And joining groups, uh, this when uh, again, another banks uh, start saying no to us. At the point I was like, oh my God, I'm not going away from self-storage. Um, that's it. I already, in a way, yeah. this is my thing. And I joined uh, Store Local uh, because I wasn't able, I wasn't joining Store Local because uh, it's like, what if I, I'm not going to be in self-storage? So there was still that little doubt. But yeah. actually when one of the banks again said no, and I was like, oh my God, but it's not, I'm not going back. I'm, I'm going for it. So yes. I'm I was I became a part of Store Local too. Very cool. It. Yeah. Yeah. Store Local's it. awesome. Great co-op for sure. A lot of good resources. Oh, that's that's really cool. That's really cool, Masha. How can people keep up with you and all the awesome things you've got going on? Uh, do you have social media, any of that kind of stuff? Where can people get in touch with you? Of course. Um I mainly focus, I guess, on LinkedIn. Uh, but also I'm uh, working on developing more uh, Instagram as well as Facebook. So you can find as Marsha Klapanova. There's not many Marsha Klapanovas, especially doing sales stories. Yeah, yeah. I think you're going to be pretty easy to find. That shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll be perfect. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and we'll put those links in the bio too for you. So everybody, you can yep. you go down if you can't figure out, or like me, I couldn't figure out how to spell. So I'd be like, uh, how do I search that? It'll be right hey, in the Siri. bio. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Siri. <laughs> Uh, so awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on and sharing this awesome story and, and everything that you went through to get this deal. And we're super excited to have you yeah. on and see where super you're going to go impressive. from here. Like yeah. uh, you, you stuck with it. It's, you know, it's impressive enough getting, getting a deal done, but sticking with it for so long, not getting it, keep going. And then being told no by banks, everything else like that. Uh, and, and figuring it out. Congratulations. We're, we love these kind of podcasts and we love these stories because it shows people how to do it. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for letting me to share this with others and hope it will be a great value for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Marshall. We'll talk soon. Definitely.